Peter, who walked the earth with Jesus as one of his 12 disciples, leaves us two letters where he instructs us how to live a life where we thrive. So I encourage you to join us as we go through the final lessons that come from Peter. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Care Ministry Podcast. We are going through a series called Thrive, the last words of Peter, the man of action. Um, My name is Doug Wildman. I am the associate care pastor, one of the associate care pastors here at Brookwood Church. The tall one. The tall tall one? Yep. Yes. Or at least I appear that way on the uh, on the podcast. Yes. So uh, I am uh, joined here by two other fine gentlemen. We have I'm, Josh Masters. Yes, I'm Josh Masters. I'm the other associate care pastor. Yes, you associate well. Yes, yes I do. <laughs> I do. Both of and, you do. And then we also have here our illustrious leader. That's what oh, we called him we last time. Gene <laughs> yes. Beckner. I am here. Awesome. Glad to be here. And uh, we are. And we have ha- Alex at the helm. Alex yes, at the helm. Alex, Alex at the helm. is we, at the helm. Forget Alex. Producing for us. He just kind of smiles at us. So. Um, today we are going to be uh, starting the book of Second Peter, and uh, I'm going to be starting us off here today talking about growing in faith. Second um, Peter uh, verses one through eleven, and it just kind of starts off with Peter introducing himself. He says he he refers to himself as a slave and an apostle of Jesus Christ. Now slaves were like the bottom of the totem pole back in back in Peter's time. Um, what he was actually saying is that he was owned by Jesus. Mm. Um, uh, even his his whole identity was wrapped up in Jesus. And as an apostle, apostle just simply uh, means that he is one who is sent. Mm-hmm. So um, so in other words, Peter wasn't out there just promoting his own opinions, but rather he was. He was taking instructions from Jesus Christ. Um, and his audience, uh, as it says in verse 1, is those who place their faith in the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, not in themselves. So, um, so as we're growing in faith, um, we, we're given this, this really incredible promise um, in verse 4. It says that we, this, the promise is to be able to participate in the divine nature. Hmm. Um, Participating in the divine nature, to me that sounds kind of important. Um, um, God gives us everything that we need to live for him, as it says, uh, Hmm. causing us to share in his glory and his goodness. Um, So uh, this isn't something that we we have to kind of aspire to, or just try harder to get to. Um, We get to know God experientially, mm-hmm. as we have said so many times on the podcast, um, like in, in 1 John chapter 3, verse 2, um, some of you have, have read this. It says, we will be like Jesus because we will see him for who he really is. So it's not just information that we're gathering about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, it's knowing Jesus as a person experientially. Um, and that is what brings about a growth um, in our faith. Um, so what does this mean? Uh, well, it, it goes on a little bit later in, in verse 4. 
It says that now we are able to escape the corruption in the world that's mm-hmm. caused by evil desires, or in some translations, it says lusts. Mm-hmm. So, um, so before we experience Jesus living through us, we are powerless to escape the temptations that the world dishes out. Um, but there's, it, it carries it on a little bit further, and it says that there is something for us to do um, with, the, with the fact that we have been um, given this incredible calling to, to participate in the divine nature. Mm-hmm. It says, so make every effort to apply the benefits of these promises to your life. Then your faith will produce a life of moral excellence. A life of moral excellence leads to knowing God better. Mm-hmm. Knowing God leads to self-control. Self-control leads to patient endurance, and patient endurance leads to godliness. Godliness, godliness leads to love for other Christians. And finally, you will grow to have genuine love for everyone. Mm-hmm. In verse 8, it says, the more that you grow like this, the more that you will become productive and useful in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. But those who fail to develop these virtues are blind, or at least very short-sighted. They have already forgotten that God has cleansed them from their old life of sin. So, um, so spiritual growth hinges on our remembrance of our identity, our true identity um, in, in Christ, yes. that we are cleansed from that old life. Um, so our actions, as we've said so many times, um, our actions are a, an open display of the inner change that has taken place. It's not as if somehow our, our actions are the things that are saving us. Um, and then it, it finally it goes on and it says, so dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you really are among those that God has called and chosen. Do these things and you will never fall away. In verse 11, and God will open wide the gates of heaven for you to enter into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So Josh, you you wanted to uh, talk a little bit today about uh, paying attention to the scriptures. Right. Well, part of how we have that character development, that character growth that Peter is talking about in the section that you just outlined how we find moral excellence and knowledge of God and self-control and patient endurance and and that whole list is being intimately connected with Scripture. And so in 2 Peter 1, verses 12 through 21, Peter is sort of laying out that case as a reminder. This isn't really basic instructions for reading Scripture. This is a reminder to the readers that scripture is important. And he does that first by saying, and we mentioned this in our first podcast in this series, is that these are Peter's dying words that he's Mm -hmm. writing. And he illustrates that here. He says, the Lord has revealed to me that my days are short. I'm going to be leaving this earth. Mm -hmm. And so this is so important for me to express to you that this is what I'm going to focus on. And I'm going to keep focusing on it for as long as I'm alive so that you can remember it when... I'm gone. Mm-hmm. That's that's what he says here. And the message that he's sending is that the things that are in Scripture are true, and they're real. And the way that you avoid false teachers 
is by knowing what Scripture really says and knowing that it is true and it is real. In, In verse 16, Peter starts to say, For we are not making up clever stories when we told you about the powerful coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We saw his majestic splendor with our own eyes. When he received honor and glory from God the Father, the voice from the majestic glory of God said to him, This is my dearly beloved Son who brings me great joy. We ourselves heard that voice from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. And what Peter is referring to is what we call the transfiguration. Mm. Peter was one of only three human beings who so far have had the privilege and the fear of seeing Christ in his glorified state, not just in his human body, but as he is glorified. Mm -hmm. So Peter, James, and John were on the mountainside when Jesus had a little uh, conference meeting with Elijah and Moses, and they got to see Jesus in his glorified state and hear the verbal voice of the Father. Mm -hmm. So that's a pretty powerful moment. Now, the reason that that's important to us is this. When we read Scripture, and remember Peter is saying, pay attention to Scripture. Don't get off Don't get off with things that are not in Scripture. But when we read the Bible, I think we have a tendency, because we're so separated from the events, to think, well, these are just stories that, wrote, that were written down. Mm-hmm. No, these are things that were experienced by the men who wrote them down. Yeah. These weren't just written down as stories that were passed down from generation to generation. Mm-hmm. Paul experienced these things. Peter experienced these things. They were eyewitnesses to these things. So a lot of times when you hear people say, well, the Bible's not reliable, they they could have just written these stories down about the resurrection. Mm -hmm. No, they couldn't, because these were written when everyone who remembered the events were still alive. Mm -hmm. So when you write fantastical things like... When Jesus died on the cross, the graves opened up and the dead were walking around the city. You can't just make something up like that a few years after it happened because everyone in Jerusalem would say, that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. But instead, everybody said, yeah, I remember that day. That was that was crazy. Uh, right? Yeah, you kind of remember something. You, you like remember that. something like that. So they, they couldn't make these things up. And that's what Peter is saying. These things aren't made up. We saw them. And we have to remember that when we're reading Scripture. So, so we rely on the truth of Scripture for our character growth, which is the section that you were talking about. Right. The, the promises, right? It says, in response to the promises of God, mm-hmm. there are 30,000 promises of God in Scripture. 30,000? 30, 30,000. That's what I looked up and found. Wow. Um, and we have to know that those are true. And if we embrace that they're true, our lives will change. Mm-hmm. And so relying on Scripture is how we avoid false teaching. And Gene, I know you wanted to talk about that moving into chapter two. Yeah, and it's it's interesting when Doug was talking about, you know, that you can't kind of will yourself or try harder, um, you know, to to grow in our faith. It was interesting because in verse ten, he says, "Do these things," right? Which seems to be the opposite of what Doug was saying, which is that you. You can't try harder. And you go, okay, well, what do you mean? What does he mean by that? Do these things. Yeah. And Josh kind of went back to it. It goes back to verse 5. Make every effort, and this is the NLT version, make every effort to respond 
to God's promises. Right, right. So if you're responding to his promises, then you're not trying to will yourself and do things harder. What's happening is the moral excellence, the knowledge, the self-control, the endurance, the godliness, the affection begins to happen supernaturally within you because you're responding to his promises, not because you're trying to win his approval or you're trying to win the approval of man or you're just trying to be better than your Christian brother or sister. Right. Which if we're real honest, we have to be careful that that doesn't slip in. I mean, that's pride. That doesn't slip in as our as our reason or our motivation for why we're doing what we're doing. Right. Right. So the power comes from God's promises, yes. but our role is that we're pursuing the results right. of those promises. Yes. So I think that even when there's talk in the scripture about saying, "Hey, you know, you should want the greater gifts. Mm-hmm. You should want those uh, gifts that bring God glory, not for yourself, but because they'll give God glory. So it's interesting that even though the word humility has not been brought up, the way that this whole uh, book starts, Peter saying, I'm a slave you know, and an apostle to Christ, he's not saying this is the church of Peter. Mm-hmm. So therefore, when you do get to chapter 2 and it talks about these false teachers – um, you know, if you haven't read Second Peter two, uh, I would uh, highly recommend that you do that. Not so that you can understand what we're talking about here today, but the language that Peter is using is not for the faint of heart. Um, he uses some very uh, difficult words about people. He uses the word evil. He uses the word shameful. Mm. Uh, He uses the word lies. Uh, In fact, this whole book ends with the idea of a dog returning to its vomit or a washed pig returning to mud. Mm -hmm. I mean, his, his, like you said, Josh, these are his last words. So he's like, you know what? I'm not going to leave this earth with a bullet in my in my gun, so to speak. I'm firing everything I got at you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting. The thing that got my, my attention about this was shameful – I mean, um, false teachers are not just a nuisance. They're not just something to avoid. He says in verse 2 that the truth is going to be slandered because of them. Mm. So that's in direct opposition to God's word because God's word is the truth. Jesus is the truth. And so he's he's making it clear that, hey, these false teachers are not just to be avoided. They're dangerous. Now, their time is coming, but we need to be aware of what it is that they're talking about. Because obviously they're going to be talking about self. They're going to be promoting self. And he says that uh, in verse 10. He says um, they're proud and they're arrogant, which is exactly the opposite of Christ's um, essence, you know, and what he showed to us and what he showed to Peter, mm-hmm. you know. So like you said, Peter got to see it. So he knew the difference between someone who was coming with the wrong motives and were basically evil versus Christ, you know. And again, like you said, he was on the mountain together. And and verses 4 through 10, he, he talks about the flood. He talks about Noah. He talks about Sodom and Gomorrah. He talks about the, the angels being um, expunged from heaven, using all of that. But it was interesting 
that he says, and I love this in verse 7, he says, God rescued Lot out of Sodom because he was a righteous man who was sick of the shameful immorality of the wicked people around him. Yes, Lot was a righteous man who was tormented in his soul by the wickedness he saw and he heard day after day. So you see, the Lord knows how to rescue godly people from their trials, even while keeping the wicked under punishment till the day of final judgment. So we don't have to live in despair if we're living in like a culture or a place where evil is, is maybe it looks like it's winning or it's rampant, mm-hmm. and it's slandering the truth. That sounds kind of like today. I was going to say, that sounds very <laughs> you familiar. Know, it's no different. Yep. But he says that, that their time is coming, but he even goes further. Like This, this stopped me in my tracks when I read this, because I thought, Peter, tell us how you really feel. <laughs> and so, <laughs> verse Peter 12, wasn't known for being subtle. No. I can almost hear him saying this. Verse 12, he says, these false teachers are like un thinking animals, creatures of instinct, born to be caught and destroyed. They scoff at things they don't understand, and like animals, they will be destroyed. Their destruction is their reward for the harm they've done. They love to indulge in evil pleasures in broad daylight. They're a disgrace and a stain among you. They delight in deception even as they eat with you in your fellowship meals. They commit adultery with their eyes, and their desire for sin is never satisfied. They lure unstable people into sin, and they are well-trained in greed. They live under God's curse. That's harsh. Yeah, that (laughs) is not subtle at all. He is not (laughs) mixing his words, but he's also saying... They can take care. They can take advantage of unstable people, mm-hmm. and that's why it's important for us and those who are listening to this podcast is to understand God's promises, to live in those promises, yeah. so that other people can see Christ in you and be drawn to that and and sense the difference between those who are trying to do evil and harm us and those who want us to grow in our relationship and our intimacy with God. Yeah. You know, and then again, he ends it, and I said this before, he's like, look, those of you who are going back to that kind of lifestyle, like a dog going back to its uh, vomit or a washed pig going back to the mud, he says it would be better mm-hmm. if you never even knew the way of righteousness than to know it and reject it. Right. And give up living this holy life. Mm -hmm. So for him to use that metaphor, he had to have seen it happening. Absolutely. It had to be. Like you said before, the description of those things couldn't be made up. He's using an extreme metaphor, I think, to shake people to get their attention. Mm -hmm. Because, again, if you look back at some of the words that are in um, just in chapter 2, He's not mincing his words. Hmm. He's saying, look, this is evil. They're out to get you. There's greed. There's immorality. There's all kinds of bad stuff. And oh, by the way, if you're going back to what Doug said, he is writing this to those who know Christ. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, look, if you leave this, you are like a dog going back to its vomit or a pig going back to the mud. Yes. They would not have liked, especially the pig reference, Yep. if they were Jewish, for sure. But who wants to be compared to a dog eating its vomit? And if you've ever seen that happen, it's the grossest thing ever. It's pretty nasty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so he's going, hey, 
let me shake you and get your attention, not because he's trying to be melodramatic, but because he's trying to use those symbols and those visions that people would stop and, and really consider what he's saying. Right. Mm-hmm. And and he has a memory of when he didn't live a righteous life yes. as well, right? Yep. Peter is very different before he receives the Holy Spirit than he is Ooh. after. He's yeah. still a man of action, but the way it presents itself is very different. And I and I'm thinking about the fact when we were just talking about how Peter experienced this time with Jesus. Yes. He also saw how harshly Jesus dealt with hypocrites in the yes. church and false teachers, yeah. right? Yeah. Jesus called them vipers and hypocrites. Yep. Whitewashed tombs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was a good one, whitewashed tombs. <laughs> I think you, yes. you, you said it right on the mark when you said that, you know, part of loving God is also about hating what is evil right? because you uh, – you know, when when you know the difference and you can you can see the effect that evil has on people, yeah, yeah. you can't help but be angry. Yeah, and, like a uh, righteous indignation. It's a it's a righteous mm-hmm. anger. Yeah. But people follow false teachers all the time because they don't know that they're false teachers. Right. They don't, which is why Peter is urging people to know Scripture. Yes. And yes. to search out the scriptures. Yep. You know, in, in Acts, which is not written by Peter, but in Acts, I think it's 1711, they talk about the Bereans being of more noble character than other Christians because, yes, they received with open hearts what they were being preached, but then they went and searched the scriptures day and night to see if right. it was true. Right. Yes. Right. And so Peter's giving that same that same plea. Like, you need to be aware of false teachers, and you need to search out the scriptures yourself yes. yeah. to see what it says. So that, you know, our faith can be purified. Yes. yes. You know, because it needs to be as pure as possible because he said it earlier, they're they're clever. He goes all, all the way back in verse um, uh, verse 1. He said, they will cleverly teach destruct, destructive heresies and even deny the master who bought them. Mm-hmm. So it it's gonna be you know like the way I talk about Satan, you know he's not gonna be in a pitchfork with a you know with horns on his head. It's gonna look and sound and smell similar, yeah. Because the temptation will that you know for him to lead us away from Christ is not gonna be so dramatic that we're like oh I gotta stay away from the boogeyman. You know it's gonna sound right. It's gonna sound similar. It's gonna sound like okay. I could see that. Yeah, maybe God does want me to cheat on my spouse. Yeah, yeah, I deserve that. Or, or even have a different um, standard of righteousness. Yes. You know, like doing all of these different um, things in order to somehow gain favor with God instead of trusting in the grace that is ours in Christ. Yeah, like you can do. Yes, you're going to salvation by faith, but then you need to also be circumcised. Yes, exactly. And then today it's, oh, well, if you want a a more enlightened version of God, then you need to do this. Exactly. And you need to do this and you need to be here. And so, you know, even though this was written 2,000 years ago, it's very um, pertinent to what we're seeing today. Because there's nothing new in the world. Right. Everything just has a different wrapper, but the same contents. Mm-hmm. And I, and I want to end with this, even though this wasn't the last thing that he said, because I think this is what happens to a lot of people, uh, especially a lot of people that we see. And this is Second Peter 2, verse 19. He's talking about these false teachers, and he says, They promise freedom, mm-hmm. 
but they themselves are slaves of sin and corruption, for you are a slave to whatever controls you. Hmm. So as we remember that, again, if you're listening to this and, and maybe you have been misled and you have fallen under false teaching, um, you know, there's a number and there's a way to get in touch with us at the end of this podcast um, to be able to talk with somebody um, to maybe help you uh, untwist some of that kind of stuff. Um, because it can be very um, deceptive and very hard to uh, untwine it, if that's a word, untangle it, mm-hmm. uh, without somebody just kind of walking with you. So we would love to do that. Um, well, next week we're going to finish uh, this series. And it's it's interesting because if you go on to Second Peter verse 3, it says, The day of the Lord is coming. And so uh, the day of the end of Second Peter is coming, <laughs> and it will be next week. So uh, with that, I'll pray, and we'll finish. God, we do thank you for Peter and for his, uh, his two letters to, to us. Lord, I'm thankful that even now we can um, read it and dissect it, and, and it's helpful to us. God, and I thank you for your promises, and God, just like Peter says in your word, uh, help us learn how to respond to your promises and let that be what motivates us and not anything else. And God, we, uh, we thank you for loving us and being with us and never leaving or forsaking us. In Jesus, it's in your name we pray. Thanks again for listening to the Care Ministries podcast from Brookwood Church. If you'd like more information about today's topic or you need support, you can call us at 864-688-8355. You can also learn more about Care Ministries by visiting www.brookwoodchurch.org care. And make sure to check out all of our upcoming events and support groups on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash brookwoodcare. We'd love to be an encouragement to you as we walk together in a healing relationship with Christ. Until next time, God bless. So, like, this craziest thing happened. Did he tell you what happened to me? No. That was so, the oh, would be? Yeah, he Yeah, I'm me. in my office, and I'm like, I feel something on me, and I rub my hand <laughs> over it, and it's a bee, and I do like that, but I know he's not gone, but I don't know where he is, and everybody was gone. So I'm like <laughs> Igor again, walking over, and I'm like, I get Doug's attention, and I'm like, like come here, come here, come here. <laughs> he's like, pop, and then we had to step on it and kill it. So it's a B flat. Oh! oh. Well right. done, Dougie.